0: it's survivor's friendly fire show episode 205 for the end of july 2022 i am one of your co-hosts steve wright joining me of course is my friend and yours he's everyone's friend he's my friend more than yours though uh ben salter hi ben how's your week been going
1: oh look great to be here steve and i realized a few episodes ago and i forgot like twice in a row that we you and i missed an important anniversary so we're, we're celebrating the podcast is 10 years old in december which yeah means our 10th anniversary was like last month it was in Aww. june we didn't well, celebrate we, yeah well it's
0: because e3 didn't happen and mm. uh we don't have a summer game fest anniversary or anything so we just we forgot about it well that's yeah Ten years of friendship Ten years of you putting up with me, basically, is is how I would probably explain that. I hope that you don't feel Uh, like that, but
1: something like that. (laughs) Well, no, it was just a strange, a strange time to meet in LA, even though we live quite close together in Melbourne. So that's just how these things go when you're in the games biz, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, that was a that was a really weird. Was that the same year that we got up on the roof at the Standard for the Aussie drinks? I can't quite remember now.
1: Yeah. Well, that happened a couple times. So possibly uh, it was a, yeah, it was a weird, it was a good E3 because it was our first one, but we've talked about that before. Yes. Uh, this is back in the PS3, 360 era. So old school E3. Uh, but yeah, I, to, I don't remember the exact party. We definitely met one night and then like the next night I remember we were at like a halo party. And yes. were, like, every, every drink was like halo themed, So it was like a master chief cocktail or something. And it was too hard to order. Cause you were like, I don't know, just like whatever that is. I'll have the, the blue one. I'll take the blue one. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah.
0: I think that was the same halo party that i met like Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk and like lost my mind and just handed them the controller. I've told that story 50 million times. So I'm not going to tell it again. And it's really not about them. It's about you and I and our yeah that's s- strengthening, strengthening friendship. No, yeah, just, you know what I mean? Um, my brain is a fog right now, so let's get into it. I've I've done my back, so I sneezed? Let, let, let's start here. I sneezed and I pulled my back, the hardest I've ever pulled my back in my life. And it's the most excruciating pain that I have ever been in. It happened on Thursday. I literally couldn't walk until probably about Sunday properly. And on Sunday, my back started to feel like it normally does when I normally pull my back. So... Now it's, I'm kind of, like, just ugh. riding it out. Well, yeah. And, like, the physio is like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen probably until you're about 45. It's going to get worse and worse each time, too. So, like, look forward to that. And then and, and then happened? it'll stop hurting as much, but I'll just get stiff and kind of like an old man and, like, curl over and be like, brrr. So
1: uh, that's I that. what I have okay. to look forward to. <laughs> Jeez. Well, Yay. I'm looking forward to the aging process. You're a very fit man, and you're still having these back issues. That's,
0: mm. Well... Yes, yeah, so we, we called an ambulance because it was so bad. Like my back was spasming every five minutes. And normally it spasms once every hour or so in, in kind of comparison. And like we didn't want an ambulance, but we tried to get me into the car to drive to the hospital to maybe get like better drugs. And I, I couldn't I couldn't do it. So we wanted like to get a, a telehealth emergency doctor phone me and we waited for like two hours and i'm just kind of like standing with my back against the wall like trying not to die and he's like ah you know panity and fort and all that kind of like those good painkillers don't really help a back so i'm not going to give it to you just you know do what you're doing normally it's like oh okay thanks for wasting like two hours of my time it's weird i thought they would
1: have pretty hardcore drugs for back injuries that's a pretty common one
0: well there's i guess it's the idea that it doesn't actually address the pain and it might be like super strong and kind of like knock you for a loop oh, but it's yeah. not really addressing right. and then like there's the potential that you'll become an addict on like opium like opi- opioids i guess mm. so no one else I, cares uh, but me sorry I'm, I'm really divergent today
1: no well i mean i was going to tell you my story of why i'm not that big on telehealth because i had to do it a few months ago when i, I, I i'm gonna say I got a contact stuck in my eye but it broke in my eye when i put it in and I'm sure I told you this story. And yeah. we are off to see Crowded House. That We did actually get there in the end, happy ending to the story. Uh, but it broke. And so it was in two pieces. And it got like sucked behind my eye, basically, like behind my eyelid. You can't get to it. The only way I could even like see that it was there was to look like all the way to the right. And then my partner could just see it like there, like on the corner of my, like wide of my eye. So I called up Telehealth, or she did for me, because I was like, this is really uncomfortable. I can't really use my phone right now. And just like, what do we do? Where do we go for this? Because I do not imagine you can just rock up to a GP and be like, sort this out. You can't do that. Um, And they said, oh, we're going to walk you through it. They're just like, so like, this is how you take a contact out. I'm like, no, you're not listening to me, lady. Like, I've been wearing contacts for 10 years. I know how to do that. It's not that. It's like, it's gone wrong. (laughs) Anyway, she pretty much said, you have to go to the ED. Uh, Don't go to like the big hospitals in Adelaide because their waiting time, I can see, is like 12 hours. Uh, So go to like another one and we get there and they're still like, yeah, it's like an eight-hour wait. But, like, we need to get it out, so you have to wait. Could you just just, go to an optometrist? Or no? um, Well, that's essentially what happened. A different nurse came out and she said, There's like an emergency eye surgeon on around the corner. You can't just go there. You need to be referred there. It's for like eye trauma that happens. And she said, We called them. They've got no one there. Like, no one's been shot in the eye with a nail gun or anything tonight. Um, That's what they're there for. So go there. We'll give you like this bit of this thing, and you can just go in the ambulance door. And I got there and he took it out. Uh, and he showed me three quarters of a contact and I said, where's the other bit? And he said, oh, it's like, it's like wrapped around it. This is the whole thing. I guarantee it. And he numbed my eye. Okay. Um, Like, so I couldn't feel it. So I had no idea there's anything in there. For the next week, it was just slightly irritated, but he said it would be irritated for a few days. And then I rubbed my eye at one point and the other bit came out. Like, (sighs) don't don't trust doctors is what I'm saying. That's bad advice. Do trust doctors.
0: (laughs) Trust them to some extent, but if it... Trust them,
1: but... Actually, the point of that story is trust your gut. When you ask a question, don't blindly believe them because you I probably knew that wasn't quite right, but I was like, oh, the guy said he did it. Anyway.
0: Well, gross. Um, So what else has been going... Like, I have sort of been keeping up on things. It's taken me like... Probably an hour to post a, a news story that would normally take me about five minutes because everything's just mm. like slow and cumbersome so i don't know so what you talk about games that's what's what you're cool saying, what's
1: cool that's happened because i'm probably way behind ben uh the the coolest thing for australians and probably uh soccer fans in general is that sam kerr australia's own sam kerr is on the cover of fifa 23 um and i'm like Quite excited for her in the sense that she's on a FIFA cover. She's not on like an EA Sports Club, whatever it's going to be called, next year cover because they've lost the rights to FIFA. It's the last one this year. Yeah. Uh, just much cooler to be on like the real brand, not the fake EA brand that's going to follow up next year. Well, And the last FIFA cover. The last FIFA yeah. cover. That's huge. So she's, on, she's globally on the cover. Um, previously, Australians have been on it, but it's been like Tim Cahill only on the Australia version. Um, but yeah so she's on the global Cup, the first female uh, soccer player to be on there as well so um well done to her
0: and well deserved she's I I don't understand football I'll, I'll pretend that I know what I wrote about like she she's with Chelsea and they won like two things this year and she's been nominated for some big hype award like good for her I have no idea but it sounds like she's like literally at the top of her game and uh, EA Sports and FIFA I suppose have bestowed that honor upon her as they should alongside yeah uh how do you say his name mabap mabappe mabappe uh, something Mabop-ay. Like that. there you go so it's, yeah it's just the two of them in various combinations i guess depending on which edition you buy
1: yeah um, and i did have a question on twitter that i didn't answer which i'll answer on this show and it was why is she in her chelsea kit not her australia kit um as cahill had been in the past and it's because this is the first year that fifa has female clubs in it Previously, they've only had internationals, so it's a much bigger deal to celebrate that all the clubs are there. Uh, and I learned that 3Mobile still exists in the UK because there's a massive 3 logo on her, on her shirt. Um, I thought they just died out everywhere, but apparently not.
0: I'm not sure what comes out at launch. I think like this: the women's clubs come out at launch, and then there's like the, I know about that. the bigger mm. tournaments that come out later on. Kind of like in hockey, like the IIHF, like tournament with all the nations came out as like a post-launch update, but for free. That's happening with FIFA. I think like the okay. Matilda stuff is more like post-launch. So maybe that's another reason why. Who knows? Possibly. I'm speculating. Not a not of, a cor- of course not. Um, we we don't have facts, but we have opinions. I know we have both played Stray and it's been like a couple, yeah. a week or two at least since launch. So should we talk People about it? it? Let's talk Wait, about are it. Are we going to go uh, spoilery or are we going to go like generic? Let's, let's decide now. Generic.
1: Generic. Whereas spoiler-free show, um, it would be a hard game to spoil anyway, story-wise, because it's not yeah. like it's a super, a super obvious one, which is what makes it fun. So uh, this is the first game we've had that's a new release for a little while. And it's the, the big part of it is it's the first day one game on the new PlayStation Plus. Um, which is kind of, it's always going to be a thing. And I think that's why it's got so much kind of buzz around it. If it wasn't that, I don't think, I'm sure it would have got, you know, it's the cat game. It's so cool. Um, But I don't think it would have got as much love as it's getting. Uh, And rightly so, because it fits a subscription, uh, dare I say, perfectly. um, Because it's it's like a three-hour game. I wouldn't pay 40 bucks for this necessarily, unless it was like the most amazing thing ever guaranteed. But in your sub, you download it, everyone's playing it great fun i don't need it to be a super long game in fact if it were any longer i think it would kind of lose some of its charm like it being quite short and you play as a cat is kind of what makes it fun yeah um, it, it's the perfect link the perfect sub game
0: yeah and like that's 40 dollars australian it's not like 40 dollars yeah. us like compared to a 60 full, full price for full, the full, full priced game so it's it's less than half of a like a triple a title i would definitely have paid 40 dollars for it but i have like two cats that you'll probably see in the video at oftentimes just running past me you are well you you'd like my cats you tolerate my cats at least but you're a dog person yeah we've we've already heard your dog barking in the background today it like it i loved this game for all the stupid extremely cat things about it that i'll get into in a second but like where did you kind of come in was it like adorable or like oh my god cats Um, or somewhere
1: in the middle or none of those So there's, I think why it's so successful is there are so few games where you're playing as an animal that's not like a humanoid version. Like in your Crash Bandicoots and Sonics and whatever, they're still moving kind of human-y. Like Crash wears shoes. Um, So like, and then in games when you're an actual animal, it's normally like your goat simulator, your bee simulator, like kind of the jokey games. Yeah. and this one kind of finds a, a different kind of ground to go in. You actually feel like you're a cat. You move like a cat. There's a lot of kind of things which is like, that's the funny thing a cat will do, knock something off a ledge or something. Um, but then you're not really in a real world. So even though those sim games, which don't feel that real, have you kind of in somewhat of a real world, they kind of feel like a cartoony B game. This is kind of put you in so its own totally different thing. You just happen to be a cat there. It's kind of like post-human type of world um, to a degree. Uh, and so I think that's why it works so well. Like you're not in a natural cat environment. You're doing cat things in kind of an unknown type of area. Uh, and yeah, I think it, it, it feels fun. Yeah. And it's
0: like, if you if you think about it too hard, it'll break your brain because. You, you start out off as a cat and you're kind of just doing cat things. And then it, like pretty quickly on you run into, uh, the drone companion that you can see in like all the, you know, screenshots and stuff that sits on your back and it speaks English and it will interact with other people in the world in English or like at least you know whatever language they're doing is translated into English for us because it's all this text base um and like I guess if you think about it too hard like the cat doesn't understand any of this the cat doesn't care the cat doesn't know what a factory is the cat doesn't know how to get to the factory the cat doesn't understand that people are in strife the cat doesn't really probably want to help these people in strife but like You are controlling the cat and you know this because you're a human and you understand words. So, like, there's this weird disconnect where, like, as soon as you kind of acknowledge it, just, like, let it go and then it's fine. Um, But then, like, you, you, you will stop playing the game for a while because you can jump up and knock off like seven paint cans in a row or you know jump onto a table and like disrupt whoever is doing work at the table or scratch at a armchair, or just do stupid cat things just have a nap for like 20 minutes or an hour there's a trophy for having a nap for an hour it's like it's a super fun and cat thing and there is like a narrative that runs through I think the narrative is a little bit heavy-handed at times like it's like a post-apocalyptic world and like it tries to get in like it gets a little too serious for my liking when it's also just a game about being a cat. Um but it doesn't factor in too much. So you can kinda just like forget it almost and just kinda go from point A to point B. What did you think about like the the tone? It starts kind of like explorationy, goes kind of shootery, then kinda has a stealth section. Did those work for you? Yeah,
1: it's, that, it's very indie in that sense of it's You can kind of see the chunks and like this is the section which does this right now. Um, I think, I mean, it's a mix of various genres. It's like very 3D platformer in a way that a lot of we don't actually get many games like that anymore at all outside of the Switch. So um, I think that's a good approach for them to have taken. If you It's, it's kind of part puzzle game. It reminded me of Psychonauts briefly. Um, and as you say, it's very stealthy at but at one point. like The whole game's not like that. It's kind of like now's our stealth time. Um, and you can see the checkbox is being hit. But again, it's it's you're thinking about it too much because then you go back into being a cat and you're like, I'm going to knock this can off the wall or something because that's funny. And it's got nothing to do with the game. Um, and so I think that's what kind of ties it all together. It could very easily have been a bunch of separate levels which were just proof of concept which got mashed together. And maybe that is how this game got made and they put a story around it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it really matters. I think it's kind of, it knew it was a short game. It essentially has a series of levels, even though they're open-ish, but they're also pretty linear at the same time. Um, and I think it, it's designed around that pretty well. So like, it's kind of like now you're in this area, you've got to do this thing here and it's a bit different to what you just did before. And now you're in this area and it's the stealth zone and then you're going to move on somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I think it works well.
0: Yeah. Like thankfully the shooter and the stealth components, like, the puzzles to me are basically move a, a barrel from one place to the other. They're not They're not super complex. I think there's one that's like, a, they start to get a little bit more complex, but not really. Like, I I could have done without the shooter aspect altogether. I could have done without the stealth. You know, like some of the stealth. Like, it gets a little bit like Metal Gear Solid kind of thing. Like, even to the point where you can hide in a box. But, um, like, it, it didn't detract really, but, like, I didn't enjoy those sections and that's kind of when it felt like it was it's a a short game i think it it took me like six hours or less like those sections felt like it was overstaying its welcome whereas like maybe the first third of the game is kind of like this open world ish hub area where you can kind of just do whatever you feel like like that was far more enjoyable to me than those bits
1: but whatever yeah definitely but yeah, overall, good game. Um, suits PlayStation Plus really well. I think it's the, it's probably a bit of a test case in the sense that Sony made a, a bit of a big deal about the fact that this is not what they want on their subservice, and it's just because it's an indie game that's happy to launch there. Um, but now that it's kind of done so well and it's it's been a pretty big hit, as far as I can tell, potentially they'll go out after more of these types of games. So they're not going to put their own stuff there. We know that. They're probably not going to have too many AAA third-party games launched there. But maybe this is the type of game that they do get to launch there. And it kind of, it gives you that little bit more value to, to having that subscription year round.
0: Yeah. And there are like, there there are a ton of games like, I don't know, like the limbos and the insides of the world that kind of start on PC and Xbox that are suited for like a game pass. But then there are like Stray as, as a perfect example, or even Rollerdrome, which is coming out in August, um, which is just, you know, like one of those PC PS games, like. I wouldn't be surprised if Sony starts kind of approaching those developers and publishers and being like, okay, like, we're building this thing. Look how it worked with Stray. It was, I think it's like, even on PC, it's still like the top played game, I think, on PC beating God of War right now. So it's still making bank, but I'm sure tons of people are playing it on PlayStation because like you and I were talking about the other week, it's it's cheaper to up your subscription for the remainder of your PlayStation Plus sub to get this game. And then you deal with the consequences at the next renewal, rather than just buying it. So it's good. You should definitely, if you have access to it, you should definitely play it. If you are a cat person, you should. I think you'd enjoy it. If you're a cat person, it's it's a it's a buy. If you don't have PlayStation
1: Plus, and it's pretty cheap. So even if you're not, I think it's it's it plays a bit differently. You rarely play as an animal that actually feels like that animal, uh, and it's it's a good length as well. I think ten hours as a cat would be a bit much, but this kind of three to four hour game is is great for that type of thing so and
0: they're and they're jerks and like you can't play this
1: kind of game as a dog because it would be a wholly different experience so yeah well as you say it is quite dark in tone in that story they wrap around it um you couldn't do that with a dog because i think you'd have to go more wagging tail like happy caricature type of thing so i think getting that personality of a cat come through only works because of that i don't think you could have this type of game with with a dog or with another animal like that
0: yeah i agree I agree. Um, have you had a chance to play uh, multiverses? No, you... I have not. <laughs> well, ah. you could if you want, because it's an open beta, which means yeah. you could. Um, we, we previewed it ages ago. It's, it's not bad, but like the thing that I thought was disgusting is the microtransactions that are sitting within it. Um, and I think yeah. someone on Twitter wrote, because like, I wrote a story the other day, and someone wrote, like, can you call those microtransactions? Are they just transactions? Or are they even, like, mega transactions? Uh, Case in point, you can get a single Batman skin, which makes you look like Batman from the animated series, for a whopping $30 Australian. And it's one of those circumstances where it's not, like, technically $30 Australian. It's you need to buy an in-game currency pack that costs $30 because you need that much currency to buy the pack, and you probably have leftover. But not enough to buy anything else. Then you have to spend more money to get more to buy the next thing and it's gross um what what is your take on this would you rather have just paid for multiverses instead of these weird nickel and diming things
1: uh yes and i agree with that guy on twitter that you can't call these microtransactions. we're talking about the cost of stray for example to just buy the game so um that's it's ridiculous i think um i almost feel sorry for the devs who put a fair bit of time into what sounds like a pretty decent game And now it's just like, I'm not going to bother with this. It sounds like they're just kind of grabbing money out of you. Um, And it's, yeah, I already know that I'm not going to have fun playing it because it's going to be, you know, shoved down my throat constantly. Um, Yeah, and it's like so many of these free to play games just kind of lose it straight away with their, we need to monetize, we need to have that as a focus. And it's just, yeah, do you think it's, do you think it's going to suffer already just from this bad press essentially? I think it will.
0: Like I've I've played fifty matches. It's it's very Smash Brothers. In case you're not familiar with it, it's it's wholly Smash Brothers. But like DC with characters, are, yeah. yeah, with Warner Brothers. Um, I I've earned enough, earned currency to unlock Batman. That's it. After fifty games, I don't know how long that would take. I don't know, solid five or six hours to unlock one character of a roster of, like I think twenty right now, and they're adding lebron james and they're adding rick and morty like you don't get all these characters off the bat you have to pay for them and if you want to pay for them out of your own like hard-earned real world money it's 15 bucks a pop or you can earn money albeit very slowly to buy these things one character at a time it's just swindling and there's people on twitter like oh it's not even that bad and they're the media who have access to like a free founders pack which is like 150 dollars which gives you character tokens and all this free stuff and like you just really have to think about the people who thought they were engaging with a free-to-play game who will either have to grind for their life to you know get some things that they want like and that's just access to batman not like a cool looking batman um it's kind of
1: it's kind of yuck I Not fun. Good. I mean, the reason they're going this way is they think that if it's free-to-play, it's going to be the next four guys or whatever it might be and it's going to get all these players instantly and then you can suck them in once they're in your game and you can make them pay even more than they would have paid just to buy the game in the first place. Uh, and that sucks. And you see it with things like Bruhala, which is, again, that's Ubisoft's attempt, essentially, at making Smash Bros. Free-to-play, but it's like it died immediately. Um, it's just like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, they... They kill the game before they're even launched, essentially, and I think they're getting more of a spotlight on them than ever before about how dodgy these practices are. And yeah, I think it's it's the open beta is, let's be honest, essentially a demo. It's the it's showing off how good it is, and it's, it probably would have got some pretty great coverage had it not for this, well, being for this coming out at the same time, kind of saying how dodgy this stuff is.
0: Yeah, it's a super fun game, but like, there's there's all these weird problems that come up. Just straight off the bat. So, like, because I was in the closed alpha, I got had access to the open beta. But I had access to the early access to the open beta. Which means I've had, I don't know, like, the better part of a week to level up my characters. So, when, like, Joe Schmoe, for the first time, launches multiverses, I have, like, a level 15 shaggy. And I know all I can do. And I've played oh. enough. Well, but, like, I know, I know that hey. I can get someone to the hey. edge and just, like, hit them off and, like, exploit... Stuff and these poor people coming in for like the very first time are just gonna get wrecked. There was, I think they've they've patched it today, but like ta- uh, Taz Tasmanian tight ta- Why can I make that make sense? Tasmanian devil. Taz, the Tasmanian devil. Thank you. Had a move that like people could just like literally just spam, and that's all you saw. Just someone doing a tornado and then a tornado and then a tornado, and you can counter it and stuff. But if you're new to the game and you're just getting like ejected off the map instantly, you can't yeah. learn that quickly. So. It's problematic, um, and if people have, like, a really horrible experience and they just get wrecked, and then they, you know, like, they want to be Batman and realize it's $15, or they can spend $150 to, like, get a bit of a leg up. Like, it's, I'd rather spend money on the game at, like, a full price title and just have, like, like Smash Brothers, access to the roster. I don't want this, like, League of Legends or whatever style, like, you get these guys this week and maybe these guys the next week. Like, nah.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't really suit this style of game in that Smash Bros is great offline. Like it's you're great. You've got four players around a TV uh, and you, you just play it and you enjoy it. So I think it's the perfect style game for a you just buy the game and you've got everything. And maybe there's a few characters you have to unlock in game by doing things. You need to achieve stuff just to give it a little bit of legs. But like it's you don't need to buy anything and you shouldn't need to. Uh, and this kind of obsession with if we keep drip feeding content and making people work for it, they'll keep playing our online game forever. I don't think it suits a game like this. And other people who tried to clone Smash Bros. They've all failed, including PlayStation. Like, they should have had success with this. Um, this type of thing should be successful. The characters are probably stronger here, and it would do well, but this it hasn't been designed as that offline, just buy the game and get the content, and that's what this Smash Bros. clone needs to be. It's why a big part of why nobody else has really achieved anything with this style of game.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah it it's a game as a service, and that means online. It means all the, it the socks. Yeah, well, and you know, Ubisoft. We talked about Brawlhalla, we, You know, they've they've had what was that thing called Hyperscape. Oh, the, they keep trying, and they all they always die. Well, and Roller Champions is is yet another free to play service from Ubisoft, which yeah. I actually like. It's fun when you have people who are you played an insane amount, right? I play play I play three games a day because you get fan bonuses for your first three games
1: that's insane isn't it anyway so three games well
0: roughly three games a day if I play I play for three games and then I stop because it infuriates me Um, but like you need to get I've got all the other achievements and you know me it's me like let's say no more you need a hundred thousand fans. I think I have like forty thousand after playing for however long the game has came come out like months. Um, and I have I think eighty out of a necessary two hundred wins. And I'll tell you this: as soon as I hit both of those milestones, I am out because one, it's if you have three people against the other three people playing nicely together and like passing and like being cooperative and competitive, it's great. But it's usually ball hogs or, like, just horrible, horrible net code that is, is, like, you're skating through molasses. It's it's essentially broken. And, like, I'm pretty sure that people are, like, lag switching. Because it's just, like, it's insane how some of these people can, like, avoid getting tackled. But then just, like, homing missile and get you. Like, it's just it's it's beyond description. Um, to the point where, I guess, Jeff Grubb said that Ubisoft is going to cancel it. Cancel making Ubisoft go no we're not gonna but um, also the the season that you're in that's just gonna keep going on and on and on and on and
1: on like shades of Halo Infinite I guess so he wasn't entirely wrong the future seasons which is a big trademark of these always online games trying to keep people sucked in forever have been cancelled they've they've cancelled that whole thing and they're just gonna let it slowly or potentially very quickly die so not cancelled it's kind of like we're not gonna fire you we're just gonna wait for you to slowly like eventually decide to leave like, Well, yeah. And, like, so
0: this, this season is extended, but this week they had, like, a special game mode. The one that I liked the, the last time I talked about Roller Champions called Hot Potato. And, like, you're basically forced to pass because there's so many ball hogs. Like, this is Ubisoft mm. being, like, pass. And something broke in that game mode, so they just disabled it. But there's all these, like, challenges tied to this game mode, which is broken and un- inaccessible. And they're like, oh, we'll give you some free fans for... for the the problem. Like, it's, it's... It's not in a good state. So I can't imagine it's going to be around for too long. And I think that's because it's free to play and people tried it, and too many people tried it. And the skill levels all over the... Like, the skill gaps are all over the place. They're not putting enough money into infrastructure to keep, like, the network running so things are smooth. And then people are going to get annoyed with that and then just fall off it. And there's also... What, how, how many other free-to-play games out there right now? Like,
1: no, h-
0: how, how do you divide your time between all these and find something that you like that will be stable the next time you want to play it? Unless you're like an idiot and play three games a day.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's too many and there's too many are trying to get into that market because it was briefly very success, uh, successful with like Apex and things like that. But there's just too much now and I, I don't care. I see these free-to-play games launch and they're all from the big publishers and whatever i know they're gonna just kill it off and there'll be another one that follows it up um and it's just an an endless loop of not a lot of fun
0: yeah well yeah do you play any free-to-play stuff
1: no i mean we played lots of apex like in its heyday i think we probably played several hundred games uh and that was good fun it was like it, it did that formula to a degree that i really enjoyed it when things uh there were so many similar battle royale games but that's the one that i kind of gelled with me um and i really liked it and i think it was a fun game and i could kind of ignore the microtransactions i don't really care about all the cosmetic stuff just a fun game but i had enough with it like it was a certain amount of time and like i'm not going to keep playing it forever and that's what these games struggle with they hit the point of like how do we keep the masses and that's when they do their seasons and they're trying to lock you in with more like we need to keep doing new content and drip feed stuff uh and it's yeah I, don't, I think that's part of what loses me it's too confusing it's too like now there's a new thing and you need to relearn how to do it uh and it's just that's not fun for me so um yeah now i'm not playing any free-to-play games
0: there you go roller champions fall guys what's the other one
1: multiverses yeah well i'm gonna uh, try Fall guys but uh that's it
0: a bit of destiny i guess destiny is considered a free-to-play depending on which portion you're talking about not that i played that for a while uh anyway speaking of bungie we can't talk about them anymore, cause cause they're on Sony, you know now. So we hate Sony. We never
1: talk about Sony. So, uh, we uh, well, I don't know. We have some issues with Sony the PR firm in Australia, but we don't have any with the uh, the company that makes great games. Uh, Correct. And releases them. So that's what's happened here. Um, yeah, it's gone through. So this was one of the deals that came out around a similar time as uh. Activision to Xbox, uh, Bungie to Sony. Uh, this one was a much lower price. It was 4 point something billion, if I recall. Um, and it's it's strange to see. Like, I can't actually think of any other circumstances where a developer who was known for being a first-party dev at one um, console platform has essentially moved to the other one, um, becoming indie in between, and also before and at another point in their, their time. They've been kind of like, we're indie, we're not, we're indie, we're not. Uh, and now they're definitely not.
0: <laughs> yeah, and kind of like, I guess you could almost consider them like a, almost an Apple, like a Mac developer, almost first party yeah. before Microsoft and now Sony after being independent for a while. Um, and I can't remember how much they were bought for, but it was like a steal for, for what Bungie does. They do it very, very well. And Sony had identified the gap of like, we don't have any like live service, you know, games as a service kind of skill sets yeah. within our, our company. And that's why they went for Bungie. And got them for, like, a, I think they, they didn't pay as much as they should have. So good for Sony. Bad for Bungie, I guess. But I guess Bungie now doesn't doesn't have to worry about all the things that you worry about as an independent studio. Like, they have, they have funding, they have backing. So they get to just make the things that they want to make. Which I guess... Could be Destiny three or could be something entirely
1: new. Yeah, I guess we don't know. It's it's a, kind of a strange one in the sense that Bungies always wanted to be independent to the degree that like um Microsoft owned a bunch of them and they kind of bought themselves out. Um and then they went on to make Destiny, of course. Um and they kinda of did that with Activision with a clause that they'd be able to keep it. Um, the IP if they split and they enact enacted that. Um and then they've ended up kind of being with Sony so they've always been like we want to be independent but we can never quite keep to it probably because of the financial and the the pressures and all that type of stuff so it's just easier um but yeah I'm, I don't really know what else they would do are they going to just support existing Sony franchises and stick with Destiny or are they going to go new IP um exclusive multi-platform hard to know well,
0: I don't know like the so there's a, a Destiny thing coming out soon I forget when and it's for light bringer that's not what it's called there's there's a new expansion coming out which they are kind of calling like the end of the like the first destiny saga so there could be more destiny sagas or there could be like that maybe this is the swan song it's been like 10 years basically of destiny or close to it i think so 2014 2014 so they're probably ready to to move on um i think there was something like there was something in one of their last halo games that was kind of teasing destiny and i i can't quite remember now but i think people have found things that could be that sort of same thing for a new ip so that's kind of cool um i guess on the sony front like the likes of microsoft can't acquire huge acquisitions because they're tied up with activision so this was sony's big big get really they're they're clear now so what does sony do
1: Uh, well, rumor has it, they're going to buy the remainder of Square Enix. If you recall, um, they kind of had a fire sale. They sold off all their Western developers to the Embracer group, who is this gigantic kind of European, um, publishing house, I suppose you'd call them. It owns a bunch of of different publishers essentially and developers. Um, and then people kind of thought they were just getting out of the Western market. They lost a bunch of games, Crystal Dynamics, which is a great developer had a few misses with things like Avengers, which again, they've tried to go single-player game meets live service. And it's just an absolute uh, total failure from a monetization point of view. Um, Everyone hates it essentially because of that. Mm. Uh, And so it kind of seemed like they just wanted to cut their losses and focus on what they do well, which is mostly their Japanese content from a financial point of view. Um, But then there were rumors today that they, maybe that was because Sony wanted to buy Square Enix and they only want to buy a certain part of it. And that's why they got rid of the other stuff. Now, there's no um, evidence to back this up, but it's just going around Twitter today. And potentially it's true. Like if, if Square Enix was going to go anywhere, it would be Sony. Things like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was meant to be a timed exclusive, has become a only PlayStation game. Um, and pretty much all their, so many of their games are exclusive to PlayStation. So for, as, a, as a player, it probably wouldn't make that much difference. Like all their games are on PlayStation now. Um, should Sony buy them, all their games will continue to be on PlayStation and the odd one that's on Xbox might stop. So, yeah, probably wouldn't make that much difference.
0: It's weird though because it like just the way that they carved up the western stuff is strange. Like Tomb Raider is yeah. a huge IP. They went, "Nah, we don't care. You can have that." Um and they they gave away what like Thief and Deus Ex, older ones. Haven't seen a lot of new games from them. Like Tomb Raider's still arguably pretty strong. Tomb Raider's big. Yeah, but like and they kept rating, yeah. they kept what just cause Outriders and Life is Strange, like it's just a weird subset of things that like aren't really related to the JRPGs. And like if they were kind of like trying to save those for Sony, that's that doesn't make sense either. Which maybe they weren't. But maybe that's just kind of coincidence. But like it's just a weird set of IP JRPGs and these like three weird like Western things.
1: Ooh, how enticing! Yeah, maybe the ones that they couldn't sell with those studios because. Life is Strange is decent enough, but the other two have kind of died off as well. So, like, maybe that's why.
0: Maybe. Who knows? Uh, speaking of Embracer Group, they are... Is that it? No, wait, that's Aspir. I don't even know if Embracer Group is tied to Lord of the Rings Golem, but that was going to be my segue into this week in delays. Uh, probably a horrible segue. But anyway, the Lord of the Rings Golem uh, is delayed, quotes, for a few months... Uh, it was mm. expected in September, so I'm assuming it's probably twenty twenty three. Maybe maybe it's November,
1: December twenty twenty two, who knows? We I would say no chance. That game is gone. Um, <laughs> absolutely oh yeah, it's, I have no idea who's developing this. Um no surprise. Oh Nacon is Nacon's publishing. publishing. It's not, it's, I don't think it's Embracer.
0: I think I I think I was reaching and I
1: missed. doesn't even matter. It doesn't have a release date. It goes on our list. We, should, we could almost publish a book of this week in delays. These are all the games that have been delayed this year. Um, I was gonna say it leaves a hole, but it doesn't really, I didn't even know this was kind of coming out this year. Don't really care. It's been
0: delayed like four times, I think. A, a,
1: a number of times.
0: I don't know if four is the number, but it's been delayed quite a bit. So not really surprising. Um, something that's sort of surprising, I guess, is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which was mm. assumed to come out uh, at the end of this year alongside the new Avatar Way of Water
1: film? Avatar 2, whatever it's called. Uh, is that coming out or is that going to be delayed? Has the game been delayed in anticipation of that? Maybe. No idea.
0: Well, the game's delayed yeah. until at least 2023, maybe even 2024. We had like a window of two years, so... Not I'll that I don't think, was anyone excited to play that? Was anyone
1: excited to see the next one, like, in the movie theater? I don't think so. Well, I mean, the first one was okay, but it's a product of its time. It was like that time when 3D movies were a big deal for some reason, like that brief window, the summer of 2009 or whatever it was, <laughs> when it was like, that's a thing, and we're like, wow. Uh, and then we got over it to the degree that our TVs don't, can't even play 3D movies anymore because who cares? Um Without Avatar, there'd probably be no 3DS, potentially. Like It was all the rage at the time. Yeah, um, I'll believe I'll see this movie and play this game when it actually happens, because uh, as I've probably told in this podcast before, in 20... What, what year did Advanced Warfare come out? 2014. I went to Sledgehammer Games, and they, they did the motion capture to a degree which hadn't been done in a COD before. Unfortunately, one of those people was Kevin Spacey, but the other actors are all good people, I'm sure. Um, and they, they always talked about how in the same studio at the same time... They were making an unnamed James Cameron movie that we couldn't possibly tell you what it is. Wink, wink. And then they would have two beers and i would say,
0: Titanic 2? Oh.
1: No. And so obviously they did some level of motion capture, but potentially it was just proof of concept or dummy capturing or something. Uh, it never happened at that point. I don't think they ever mentioned that Sam Worthington or that other actor who's in that movie, I can't remember any of them, um, were there. But like something was happening with that. That was years ago, so... I'm surprised it's still happening. Is Sigourney Weaver in it, or is she? Oh yes.
0: De- yes. No, but is she dead? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, I there's, can't remember. The there's there's uh, uh, Uhura from Star Trek. She's yeah. But the- anyway, who cares? Uh, that's it. We're a, a quick show is a good show. We're like 40 minutes at this point. Uh, that's not normal. What have you written, or something that you want to talk about? What's going on? I uh, think there's nothing. a game that we
1: can talk about next week that you wrote a review for. Your first oh, non-,
0: non Nintendo game.
1: Yeah, you know what? That was a joke, but I actually think it is my <laughs> first Nintendo, Nintendo game I've reviewed this year. Potentially since like GTA trilogy last year. I think it's been a while. Um, but we'll save that for next week.
0: Well, it's called As Dusk Falls. So you can go read Ben's uh, review while you wait for us to
1: talk about it. it is, that's there now. How? two of the three. Oh, there you, you know go. What? We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do we find you on the internet? Uh, ben underscore Salter on Twitter is where you'll find such ramblings as that and it's pretty much it there's nothing else there at the moment are uh, you uh rambling about electricity bills you
0: can get uh, mine at that's right au uh, on twitter uh, cuz there's this 250 Victorian rebate and i like cuz the electricity bills are in my husband's name but i have all the information so i applied for him just used my email address and i got knocked back because apparently we don't have a, a residential uh, Power address? bill under his name. Yeah, I'm like, uh, that's weird. So I've replied back and oh, I'm, it. Clawing, I'm clawing back for my $250 uh, rebate, which is con- conveniently enough, my electricity bill is going up by $250. So that's... Oh.
1: Well, it's still, used. we don't have any rebates and my power bill is going up as well. So just, you just got to suck it up. That's easy come,
0: easy go. Uh, I reviewed Stray, did I? Yeah, I did. Um, I previewed Rollerdrome uh, and what else has gone up on the website? Xenoblade Chronicles 3 uh, if you're so inclined check it out survivor.com thanks Ben Uh, we'll talk to you next week listeners because we're not good at this promotion stuff uh, tell a friend go to your podcast platform of choice give us a rating uh, and that would be awesome because you know what you
1: say is like and subscribe I've seen the uh, the influences on TikTok or whatever like and subscribe
0: we're clearly uh, gunning to quit our jobs and just do this full time because that's definitely attainable
1: you win yeah you All can right. get friendly fire show every day what would we talk about <laughs> God. Let's, let's not think about that
0: no i, th- I think our 10-year uh friendship would be strained if we had to come up with a show every day anyway right. uh talk to you next week we'll see you